One thing that I have learned, though, as I have explored the scriptures, and I, and I believe that this is because of the assignment that I have in my life, is I see that the miracle moment is not actually the end of the journey, and some people teach it like it is. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Hope everyone out there is doing well today. With me on this show is my brother in Christ, Maurice F. Martin, author, speaker, life coach. Brother, how are you doing? I'm well, man. I man, appreciate you having me. It's good to see you. Yes, sir. It's good to see you. It's crazy because our paths have crossed before. Yes, sir. Yeah, a, a long time a ago. A long, don't, don't tell them how long. Don't tell, don't them, tell how them how long. I mean, I'll, you can I'll say me. it like this. Long enough that when we first met, I didn't have any hair. My hair looked more like yours. I don't think you had that much hair either, though, then. I was shaving off my 360 waves at that point. Yeah, yeah, you had some waves. Yeah, you had some waves. I do remember that. It was different. It was a different time. It was, it was a different, different day time. and time. It was, it was a different day and time. We were we were young men at that point. We went to Kent State together, mm-hmm. worked together at the Kent State Phone Center. Yep. Didn't really connect or communicate at that at point. At all, really. Because our lives were going into, well... No, they were was, in the same direction. They were the they same direction. It wasn't was a, a good r- direction. Yeah, it wasn't a good it wasn't path. A good direction. It wasn't a good path. <laughs> we had a plan and a bad path. Bad That's plan, b- bad plan, bad path. That's At least it. I'm going to speak for me. That's it. But thank you for doing the show. Mm-hmm. I want to just dive right into to some of the things that you're doing. And I want to just, I want you to share with the audience just your life story, mm-hmm. your testimony, how you got here and some of the things you're doing for the kingdom now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the way that I like to um, sometimes talk about my story starts off at Kent State, right? I remember it was literally the year that we started working together. We're freshmen in college and I was angry, man. Uh, I was just feeling like, you know, I was doing well in school. I was making friends. I was doing fine. But behind closed doors, I just was unhappy. And I remember I started going to therapy that year. And the the therapist sat me down asking me all these different questions. And she stops me. Hmm. And she says, can I ask you a question? She says, every time you talk about your childhood and you talk about your past, you you talk about your parents and you say things like love and discipline. But I'm hearing constant stories of trauma, Hmm. pain, depression. She said, when will you face what you've been through in your life? Wow. And to be honest, I wasn't ready yet to really face not only my past, but I also wasn't ready to face what I was going through even at that point in my life. So you kind of skip forward. I was a music major at that point and I became a musician, um, started singing and, and had an opportunity to just start traveling a little bit and, and partnering with different people, signed to a couple indie labels. Um, and, and my band got to the point where we had a couple national distribution deals. Uh, we had deals with MTV and VH1 and the Discovery Networks and got a chance to open for Earth, Wind & Fire, Lupe Fiasco, just a, a bunch of different opportunities were opening up. But as everything opened up, my life was falling apart. Mm. The depression was getting heavier and heavier. The, the, the frustration was getting heavier and heavier. And so by the time I got to age 32, it was 2016. And it's hard for me to forget it because that is really the year my life changed. 2016, I'm selling insurance. I'm, I'm high all day long. I'm drunk at night. And I wake up one morning, I get high for my daily drive into work, and I get in the car, and I just, I just start feeling like I really don't want to make it to my destination. Mm. I, don't, I don't want to live through this moment that, wow. I'm, that I'm in. And I start praying, but my prayer is not like, dear God, help. My prayer is, what's wrong with you for giving me this screwed up life? What's wrong with you for putting me in this situation? And I'm giving them the business. <laughs> And um, that was the first time I ever heard God. And that was the first time I ever had a vision from God. I saw myself standing on a stage preaching the gospel. And there was a crowd as far as the eye could see. I hadn't even really read the Bible. I couldn't understand why I'm having this moment. And I come to, and I'm driving on the highway as it happens. It's crazy. And I hear God say, you were put on the earth to change more lives than you could begin to know. But you do not understand how precious and valuable life is. Wow. And then I get a prophetic word from God. Someone in your life is about to be taken. And I need you to pay attention because through their death, I'm going to show you life. And so about two months after that, my baby brother dies. 
It's my second brother to die in two years. And in the midst of my grief, I have confirmation that God is real. That like, like God isn't just like a figment of our imagination that created the universe, but God is something, someone who loved me enough to think enough of me to show up at my darkest moment and speak life. And so my last seven years has been a journey of first and foremost, cleaning my life up, getting, getting, walking away from the, from the, the booze and the weed and everything else I was wrapped up in. And then beginning to just try to be used by God to help change other people's lives. And so that's really where I'm at now, coaching, speaking, counseling, and just trying to do my part and, and just changing, changing the world for the kingdom. I don't know when we, when you and I first talked, I don't know if we had this discussion or not, but there's a lot of overlap in our testimonies, mm-hmm. not just in the physical places that you and I were at the same time. It's crazy that we were in the same places at the same time and we didn't communicate. Mm. There was no issue, no animosity. We just, at all, it just didn't. We, we hung out in different circles and, yep. you know, we lived a different life, similar, similar lifestyle, but just, you know, we weren't honoring God the way we were going, but God literally used my grandmother's death to bring me back to life. Mm. I don't know if we, we talked about that or not, but Sheesh. he didn't, it was once she passed away is when I got serious when I walk mm. with God. That's mm-hmm. when I gave my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. That's, it's crazy that you just shared that. I don't think we talked about that. We didn't. But it makes sense because sometimes it's those jarring moments that open us up to hear God or to receive God, right? right. Sometimes it's the dark times. It's the sorrowful times. It's the, it, it shakes you up just enough to go, okay, God, I'm listening. And I think that's important that if, if you get to that place, then ask and then listen, because God will show up for you. And that's, that's actually what happened with me was I said, I, I prayed that same prayer that so many people pray mm-hmm. when they're like, God, if you're real, mm-hmm. show me. That part. And through that, he showed me, this is, this is real. This mm-hmm. is the reality that mm-hmm. you are facing. This, we're dealing with life and death. What side are you going to choose at this point? Mm-hmm. And my grandmother at the time, she was my hero. That was my everything. Mm-hmm. So when, when God took her, I was like, this is crazy. Because that's, you know, you're, that's the person you think is going to live forever. Mm-hmm. That they're, they're just untouchable. Mm-hmm. And she had a place in my heart that God was supposed to have. And it took me years to be able to even make Ooh. that statement. Like Sheesh. right now. That she, we got to be careful that we don't make idols out of the people we love. Come on. We got to make, we got to be careful that we don't make idols out of the things that, that we love, even mm. the good things, mm. because though they may not be bronze statues and jewelry, they could be our jobs, our friends, that our part. family, our, our spouses serving in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It could be any of those things, but she definitely had a space in my heart that when that was gone, there was an emptiness mm. and there was nothing else that was going to fill that except him. It, it wasn't possible. And that's, so I said, it's funny you said, as I tell people, her death is what brought me back to life. I believe it, man. And that's what it took to reach me. You know, what's interesting in just to kind of piggyback off of that, one of my good friends, actually, I was just talking to him on the phone, like literally five minutes ago, <laughs> 10 minutes ago, my buddy Dylan, sometimes what he says to me when he feels like I need to be brought back to center is he says, Maurice, is anything sitting on the throne in the place of Jesus? Come on. Right. And it's a question that you, you do have to ask yourself. Sometimes we get we get focused. Right. Especially as men. Right. We're out here grinding and trying to provide and trying to chase dreams and all these things. But if anything is is what you find yourself idolizing and worshiping, you're off. Right. And even if you have some of the right, you know, the, the, the right thought process and some of the right um, intention, some is not enough because God calls for all. And I think that that's one of the important things is that we have to understand that we have to trust God with all, not just with a little bit. That's a hard thing for us to prop for us to really grasp. And yet it's necessary. And it, I know that there was a scripture that you wanted mm-hmm. to, to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I can't pull it up because I'm using my phone for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't have internet right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but if you want to share that scripture, I want to dive because it's, I want to dive in that because it's important that we let him direct the path and make our, and trust he's going to make the path straight. That's good. That I know my life was a mess when I tried to have it in my own hands. Mm. The, cl- the more and more I tried to cling on to my life, literally I was losing it Come on. to a point where I had my own gun to my head. So the scripture you picked to talk about today hits me differently because I saw what happened when I was in control. 
mm. when I was in control. And you can't really see, I just made the finger quotation marks because mm. I was never, there was no point that when I thought I was in control, I was in control because mm. I was serving the enemy. Mm -hmm. It was all a ploy to make sure we never got here. Mm. I think the one that we said we were going to do, because we talked about more than one, was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Yep. And, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him or some versions say submit to him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. It's interesting. I have a, I work at a facility where I actually uh, teach a message every Sunday. And a lot of people, they come up to me and they say, Maurice, you know, not only am I trying to get sober and change my life, but I want to find God for real. Come on. And one of the first things they ask, you know, where should I start in my reading? And, and what, one of the first things I say is, look, different people will give you different approaches and philosophies. Maybe you want to start in Genesis. Maybe you want to start in Matthew. Maybe you want to start in John, right? There's different ways people tell you to read. But whatever you do, slow down. Mm. And I remember reading Proverbs. And I remember one night I was sitting in a room and... I had lit candles, low lighting, music playing, because, you know, I'm like an ambience guy, right? Right. And I read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm reading all of Proverbs 3. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I stopped and I went, what? All of my heart? Mm. Like, it almost like blew me away this thought that if I was going to really learn to trust God, I would have to give him access to some parts of me that I'm afraid to acknowledge exist, mm. right? That, that part of the, the, the Christian journey and the walk of the believer is not just trusting God with the easy stuff. God bless my finances. God bless my marriage. It's also God bless the parts of me that still exist that I need to die. Right. Or that I need to change or transform, right? And so I, I, I think trusting in the Lord with all is we could almost spend an hour just talking about how do you grow to trust God that much? Because I don't think it's a moment. I think it's a process. It's a day in, day out thing. Mm -hmm. Because whenever I, I think about this scripture, this is in here telling us to not lean on our own understanding, right? Mm -hmm. So it's warning us to not take something that is finite, mm -hmm. which is our very existence, which is our very thought process, mm -hmm. and use that to replace it something that's infinite. That's it. So if you've got the alpha and omega, that's not us, mm. right? So how do we think that we know more than the very thing that created us? Mm. We sometimes think that we know more than God because it's convenient and it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna speak for anybody else. I know if I wrote a movie about my life, <laughs> And I was in complete control of it. Uh -huh. And my life would play out just how that movie was written. Uh -huh. Why would I write in struggle Ever. and strife? Ever. Why would I, I write in adversity? Ever. I'm not going to do that. Like, I would not. And somebody, somebody else may say, I would write that just so I can look at the hero. I'm telling you, I'm not putting that in my story. <laughs> Why would I write problems into my own life? Right. I wouldn't do that. Nope. That right there tells me short-term thinking, finite thinking. Because those trials and those tests are the very reason we're sitting here right now. Mm. That's the very reason I'm sitting here live talking to you mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't write that in there. So that this is an active thing. And yeah, it's in the Old Testament, but the New Testament doesn't lower the standard of the Old Testament. Not in any way. It does not do that. So Jesus raised the standard. Mm -hmm. So we need to operate in God-like wisdom on a daily basis, mm -hmm. second by second mm -hmm. basis. So it doesn't say the life is gonna be smooth. Mm. It doesn't say that it's going to be easy. It's going to be worth it, though. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we forget that they crucified an innocent man. Come on. And they knew he was innocent. Mm. And they crucified him anyway. Mm. So it's foolish for us to think that we won't face trials if Jesus had to get crucified. Oh, there's so much you just said. I got like three places I almost want to go. And some of it is probably going to be controversial because I just know how I talk. <laughs> so, and, well, the first thing I was thinking, as you were saying, you know, it, it doesn't go away just because that's Old Testament. I'm thinking about seek ye first the kingdom of God and right. its righteousness. Come on. And all these things will be added to you, which means if I'm looking to any answer other than Christ Come on. to be the answer, I'm not going to find the correct answer. You're not going to find it. Right? And so I have, I have had to learn in my own life, this is going to hurt somebody's feelings, but it, it could also help your life. Sometimes your understanding is the idol. Come on. 
right? I have had, I have held my own understanding in such a high status and stature at different points in my life. And at some point you have to acknowledge that. Look, when, when, when God says to Abraham or to Abram, go, Abram don't know where he's going. And so there's this understanding that God is God all by himself. The men who walked with Jesus didn't understand Jesus completely. They didn't understand the parables he taught. They didn't understand the ultimate, the ultimate position he would find himself in. Because even when he tried to reveal the truth, they rebelled against the truth or tried to shut his mouth against it. I'm thinking about Peter saying, Lord, don't say that. You're not going to die like that. You're not going down like that. Right? And so the reality is, I think it's easy for us to think, you know, if, if I had Jesus right here in front of me and he was sitting on the other side of the table and I could just listen to him talk a little bit and I just heard the voice of God so crystal clear that he was right there, then I'd know what to do. <clears throat> no, you wouldn't because you're still not God. And your comprehension of God saying what God says the dimension of understanding that we have, the perception of understanding that we have is limited because we're not God right. and we'll never be God. Right. We're sons of God, right. we're children of God, and I'm thankful for that, that I 100%. get to stand here as an ambassador for Christ, but that doesn't make me Christ. Right. And I think that we, we have to acknowledge that, that this journey is me slowly realizing that what I've been through, what I've gone through in my life to this far, has shaped my perception of the world. And all of what I think I know has to be shut off and shut down so I can begin to look through a new lens that God is calling me to look through, and that's a lens of faith. Good plan, wrong path. That's it. We need God's plan, mm -hmm. follow God's path. That's it. So I don't remember at what point in my journey we would have crossed this point, but at some point I got up to about 315 pounds. Mm. So I lost a total of 115 pounds. Mm -hmm. The plan is to lose weight. Mm -hmm. If the path is cookies, donuts, and no exercise, we have a problem. We got a major issue. Because there's a chance that I could still lose weight because I'm eating less calories mm -hmm. and not be healthy mm -hmm. and, and have diabetes, right? Mm -hmm. Because literally losing the example that I just use of cookies and donuts, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There was that guy, I don't remember where this study was, but he ate McDonald's every day for like, a month or something. Oh, was that supersize me? I don't remember what that was. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what it was. But the guy ended up, they're like, you can lose weight by eating 2,000 calories at McDonald's every day. Okay. Until they ran, until they checked his heart. Right. Until they checked his cholesterol. Come on. Until they realized this guy probably can't walk a mile without stopping because he can't breathe. Right. And I understand we used a mile, that's a, that's a, that's a distance, but we're, we're talking about how you go about this mm -hmm. plan and the path. Mm-hmm. Is it God's plan? And are you going to follow the path that he has? Mm -hmm. Because it can be God's plan for you to be a pastor of a church. How are you going to go about doing that? Mm. You need to follow his path to that mm. because that's the path that you want to, mm. to be on. Because you may try to do it in your own understanding, in your own strength, in your own might. You may include people or, or, or have people on the plan. You're happy with the table. He's like, no, this is not the way I want you to do this. Mm. I don't want you to have a, a building in Cleveland, Ohio. I want you to be a Westlake. You know, whereas you're like, my friends are in Cleveland. I live in Cleveland. I'm going to plant the church right here. God's like, I didn't tell you to plant it there. Mm. I told you to go out here. And there's so many reasons that that stuff happens. I, you know, I can't, I can't shake the description of the, of the man just, you know, I think every time he went to the, to the uh, drive-thru window, they always said, do you want to supersize it? And every time they asked him, uh, he that said, what, yes, okay. yeah, right. I think that's why it was called supersize. I might have just showed my age a little bit too. No, that's okay. <laughs> well, we the same age, so it's okay. Uh, but, I, but what I'm thinking about right now is I know me, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, me personally, when I think about my walk of faith, I'm often thinking about what I do. What are the acts of righteousness I'm supposed to take next? Am I preaching? Am I teaching? Am I praying for people? And all of those things we know are necessary and important. Right. And yet, your point speaks also to consumption. That when it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding, submit to him in 
all your ways and he'll make your path straight. That the straight path comes from submitting to him in every area of your mm. life. That's so, so that's good. not just what I do. It's who I'm around. Yep. It's what I'm taking in. It's what I do in my downtime. That it's, it's all of my ways must be submitted to God, right? That all of my ways must be surrendered to Christ because he is Lord over my life. And that is a hard thing for a lot of people to think about. Bro, when I changed my life, I remember when my, when my wife first met me. I don't like admitting this, but I feel like I'm supposed to. Um, when I, I first met my wife, she says, um, she says, you know, um, I notice you kind of flirt sometimes. And I, I really don't appreciate that. And I looked at my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time, dead in the eyes. And I said, I'm just a flirt. That's just who I am. So if that's an issue, you know, maybe this won't work. Now, obviously, I changed my tune at some point. That's the only reason I have a wife. Okay, let's be very clear. Um, but the reality is I had to learn that my ways could not s sustain a healthy marriage. And so I had to learn that it wasn't just what I did in front of my wife or in front of another woman that mattered, but what I did in my private time. I had to change what TV shows I watched. Yep. I changed what I listened to on the radio as I began to go after Christ and then go after a healthy marriage and go after the best version of me. I realized everything I take in shapes me and what shape am I taking on? Because everybody says they want to grow, but not all growth is positive. Right. Cancer can grow. Right. Disease can grow. Right. You know, a lot of bad things can spread. And so I have learned that if I want a good result, being a good husband, what I consume, what I maintain, and what takes up my attention is what takes me there. And that's also every other area of my life. I had, I rededicated my life to Christ at the Azusa conference that came to mm -hmm. Cleveland. I think it was 2017. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that the root of every issue I had was rejection. Come on. I had to pull that up because then I had to deal with the stuff on the back end. Mm -hmm. And it was the stuff I was listening to, the stuff I was watching that was feeding into all of these things mm -hmm. that were not healthy. Yes. There were so many things that grew because by the time that I realized that that was the problem, because I was just dealing with the symptoms mm. of, 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 the, of, of rejection, but that was like buried deep at the bottom. So I had to pull that all the way up and it's like, holy smokes, this is what's left. Mm. Okay. So now we have to really look at who am I talking to? What am I watching? What am I listening to? What am I exposing myself to? And in accepting, you are very sensitive to these things over here. Mm -hmm. This doesn't really phase you mm -hmm. because God, okay, that's great. I'm not worried about this if it's not, but this does. Mm. So there are certain things that when I would see it on TV, it hit me different. Of course it did. I was like, I need to turn this off. That's it. And it's crazy. I never noticed it before. Mm. I'll be watching a movie that I had watched 37 times and I'm noticing it after that happened. I'm like, this is different. I'm feeling different about this. Mm. I'm seeing this differently. Mm. I need to turn this off and find something else to do right now. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's man. crazy. And it, it's, it, will you pay attention to the unction of the Holy Spirit? Come on. To the tugging of the Spirit come of God. And, and I think that, that that's where we get into dangerous place sometimes as believers, right? Look, the reality, we were talking earlier about the fact that there's a lot of different types of believers and there's a lot of different types of ways that things are taught. And I think that that's okay because that's the body of Christ, different expressions that, that God, not everybody is going to be a hand or is going to be an ear or is going to be whatever vital organ it might, it might be. But we have to understand understand that we all are supposed to be listening to and paying attention to the Holy Spirit and right. it's leading and it's guiding. And I, and I have, I have tried to, I've been around people who have said, you know, man, you're just being too deep about this. Are you being, you're, you're, you're just trying to, to walk by the spirit of God too much, but how can you walk by the spirit of God too much? How is there too much of that? When you tell me be of be in the world, not of the world, right? Or if you say, con, um, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind in Christ Jesus. That tells me that the world has a pattern, a way that it moves. There's a natural flow of life. And the natural flow of life, which everybody's like, just flow, man. Okay, well, the natural flow is what I'm told to not flow with. I'm told to not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but transformed by the renewing of my mind. So my mind is actually supposed to start to be like, hmm, here's how the world flows. Here's how I flow. Now, I have to be able to flow in such a way that at different times I can interact with the world so that I can influence it. 
But if I'm being moving by the pattern of the world, it's influencing me. Come on. No, a real influencer is a person who changes the temperature. That's what you and I are. We're thermostat switchers. When I walk into a room, something can change because God uses me. It's not because of how great I am. Because I sat in rooms and you, you, I wasn't worthy of you being like, hey, man, let's talk. I need to get to know you. That's not who I was mm -hmm. when I was 19 years old. That don't mean I don't have talent. I had talent then. You're sitting here with me because of the grace of God because God highlighted me to you now. It has nothing to do with my accomplishments and everything to do with the fact that God changes things in times and seasons for his will. And he wants to use us in this moment for that. It's humbling, not prideful, humbling. This world will tell you to follow it mm -hmm. until you do something the world then doesn't agree with. Come on. And then they destroy you. Come on. The standards of the world are always changing, mm. but the standards of the gospel have been the same forever, mm -hmm. <laughs> forever. Mm. They've been arguing the same. People have argued Jesus forever, and they're still doing it. Of course. I wonder why that is. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the standards of the world just keep doing this. They just keep, it's, they just keep moving. Mm -hmm. that, that standard of what's accepted, what's okay, just keeps changing, mm -hmm. and it just keeps moving. And because even in um because something you said just reminded me of a first corinthians in chapter two paul acknowledged he said the wisdom of this world that's what he said he yes, said he the did. wisdom yes, of this did. world yes he did which means this for right now yes and it's for this world mm -hmm. that is fading away right that it's is gonna passing die. away it's gonna die so i'm not putting any activity to that because it is going to fade away mm -hmm. and die and then we both know he goes on later on to talk about that we need the spirit of God to understand. We need that inside of us to understand the spirit. We need the spirit of God to get that revelation of the things that God is has said and has done and is telling us to say and do. We can't get that in our own understanding. That's good. It's not possible. That's good. That's the same. Well, that's the same Paul who said I had to become all things to all men. Right. And so at the end of the day, he's saying, look, I'm going to show up and I'm going to understand the, the, the room I'm in. I'm going to honor the space I'm in, but I'm coming in on assignment. I'm going to understand my identity. See, that kind of trust that we're talking about right now, it's not just a trust of what you're supposed to do. This is talking about a trust in who it is that you're meant to become, right? That like at the end of the day, and that's, I think that that's something that so many believers, it's important that we learn. Think about it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So your heart speaks to um, what brings you meaning, what brings you purpose, what, what drives you, what motivates you, what inspires you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And lean not on your understanding. So it tells me like, lean, lean into God in the places that matter most, not just in the places my intellect can reach. Submit to him in all your ways and he'll make your path straight. So that means that my straight path of movement and progress comes from a submitted heart to God, opening up and saying, God, who am I to you? And who are you to me? And how can I learn to love you more? How can I learn to be more like you? It's a seeking of God. It's sitting in presence with God. It's, it's understanding like Jesus didn't die for you for him to be a stranger to you. Come on. Right? No, like Jesus died for you because he loved you that much. Right. And if he loved you that much, he wants to sit with who he loves. And so the question becomes, well, how do I learn to trust God with all? You spend time with God. Right. You, you, you turn to him over and over and over again when you're angry, when you're sad, when you're confused, when you're excited, when you accomplish something. No matter what it is, you keep turning back to God, thanking God, questioning God. I have learned that God is bigger than my temper tantrum. God is bigger than my confusion. God is bigger than all the things that I can experience. And if I give all those things to him, then I learn more about him within the thing that I'm grappling with. I hope that made sense. Made perfect sense because the next thing I was going to say was tr the word trust in the Hebrew had a few different yes, had a did. few different meanings, but in this case we're talking about putting your weight Come on. Into something, relying on. on something to carry you. It's almost like the trust fall. That's it. It is literally putting our weight mm -hmm. and everything I have into the one that I know can carry me. Come on. Because I already saw what happened when I tried to carry me mm -hmm. and it didn't work out so well. At all. It's putting something 
back to the creator to say, I need you to carry mm. all of this, mm -hmm. the good, the bad, and the ugly, and even the things that I'm still unaware of. And even the things that you know that are going to come, I need you to carry that too. Because mm. I can't see that far. That's it. I can't see that far. That's why he tells us his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Because, because to hitch yourself to Christ is a moment of saying, look, let's do this journey together now. Yep. This is a walk with God. Right. I, 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 look, we were talking earlier about, about um, deliverance and, mm -hmm. and the fact that, you know, you can cast a thing out of a place. Yep. And there's so many things you can do. Do I believe in all of that? Yes, I do. Nah, me too. And you can look at me like I'm crazy if you yeah, want to, but right I, I believe in the power of uh, God. 100% okay? whole gospel. That's it, right? And so one thing that I have learned, though, as I have explored the scriptures, and I, and I believe that this is because of the assignment that I have in my life, is I see that the miracle moment is not actually the end of the journey, and some people teach it like it is. Mm. Here's what I mean by that. One of the examples I often give is the woman, we say, we say the woman with the issue of blood. You find her in a couple of different books in, in scripture. And scripture says that um, she goes and she reaches the, the hem of, of Jesus's garment, and she pulls the garment. Jesus feels mm. power come out of him, and he says, who touched me? And they, they say, listen, Jesus, what you mean somebody touched you? There's all these people around <laughs> here, right? And she said, and, and, and so he turns around. He says, no, I felt power come out. Who touched me? And the woman falls in front of him and she tells the story. She's had this issue for 12 years and she speaks all these things. And here's the fascinating part. He says, your faith has healed you or your faith has made you well. And in that moment, Jesus then gets interrupted because he has been walking at that point with Jairus and they're on the way to Jairus's daughter's house. And the, the men walk up to Jairus's son and they say, hey, leave the teacher alone. Your daughter's already gone. Jesus looks to Jairus with the woman still in earshot and says, do not doubt, only believe. Mm. And they walk away. What, what happens with the woman? Is her journey with God over? Because if all she needed, all she needed was one touch, <laughs> I understand why people say that, but that's not true. Mm -hmm. Because if I only needed one touch, then the moment when he caught me in that car and changed my life, my journey with God was done. I was able to walk away from, from booze. I was able to walk away from weed. I'm an alcohol, I'm, I'm a drug and alcohol counselor. Mm -hmm. I see people relapse every day right. who get way more intensive help than I've ever received and they can't make it. One touch from the hem of his garment cleaned my life. But my journey continues. Right. Why? Because we have a need for God that goes beyond a touch. We need a lifestyle of cultivating a relationship with Christ. So that woman has to go back in the direction of where she came from, where, where she was a martyr, where she was cast aside by society. And she'll, steam, she'll now need to learn how to pray to God. She'll need to learn how to lean on God. Yep. She has need for, but she'll have a testimony to tell. And as she changes, because she turns to God and says, well, if you sent that man to save me, there must have been something else you wanted for me. As she begins to tell her story, God can still use her. We don't ever think about the fact that these people didn't die after, the, after that moment with Jesus. They still needed Jesus. They still needed God. And so I think it's so important for me to say it in that context, because if you've ever walked into a church or walked into a ministry and somebody laid hands on you and everything changed, trust that that moment happened. And then you'll have to trust the Lord with your entire heart afterwards. And you'll have to submit to him in all your ways. The word submit, by the way, is the word yada, right? Mm. Which means to learn by investigation. So if I take those two words together, I have to begin to trust in the Lord, putting all my weight on him. And I will learn of the ways that I'm supposed to walk through investigation. So I'll have to keep leaning on him and pushing on him and turning to him. And it's one step at a time. Yes, he healed me here and he keeps delivering me one step of the way. And I think that that's, that to me is an incredible journey that we have to consider and think about and pray about. So we hit the all piece. So the omni is a Latin prefix for all. Come on. Right. So we talk about him being omnibenevolent, mm. right? So all good, perfectly good. Mm -hmm. He's omniscient, all knowing of mm. all things. Mm. 
So when we want to give our all, we're giving it to something that is all mm. because that is who he is. He mm. is all. He is everything. Mm. Do we believe that he will then, God, redirect us if we need to be redirected? Do we believe that he will continue to tell us which way to go if we don't need to be redirected? Mm. If we are just, do we trust him enough to say, go that way? And if we go that way, what he said is going to be there. Or if we're disobedient, do we believe that he'll redirect us in love? Mm. Do we really put all in the one who is all? Oh, see, but the words you just used, you just told the whole story because you said, do you believe he'll redirect us in love? And that's where most of us get caught up. Yep. Because I, I look, I'm going to talk about me. Come on. Okay. When I begin to falter or when I start to question, am I doing this right? Am I, did I miss something? Did I, am I going down the wrong path? Sometimes I, get, I become afraid to listen to God or hear God yep. because I'm worried that his response to me will be, here's what you should have done. Yep. And we understand that sometimes rebuke is necessary and that God, his, thy rod and thy staff, they come from me, right? So I understand that the Lord has to discipline me, may have to, to move me in one way. But everything he does is in love. He's never doing anything to be abusive or to be hurtful or to be hateful. God always moves in love. It's my best interest in mind, not my worst. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I think that word was all, all things, right? (laughs) And so do we trust God to show up in love or do we think that God will show up the way maybe some friends or family member have showed up in the past where they showed up with criticism or mocking, or beating us down, Come on. or even worse, do I think that God sees me the way I see myself in my most negative moments? And I don't know that we talk about that nearly enough. So now we're at the omnipresence piece of it, mm-hmm. because all present everywhere mm-hmm. at all times. Mm-hmm. And I had this in my notes that you can go 10 steps in the wrong direction, and you're always one step back to Jesus by grace. Come on. So by grace and by love. And I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out because I always, there's always these acronyms whenever I do stuff. So aim, acknowledge, invite, move. Come on. Do we acknowledge him as our savior in all that we do mm. as Lord of our life? Mm. Not just the healer, not just the miracle worker, mm-hmm. not just nine of the 10 who got healed and only one came back. Mm-hmm. Is he Lord of our life Come on. in all things? And again, there's the word again, is all. Mm. Do we invite him into our life before we make the decision? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Don't bless my plans. Mm-hmm. Don't bless my comfort zone. That part. Okay, like. We could, do a whole, we could do a whole conversation on that. I plan on having <laughs> you back here a lot unless you tell me no. So, <laughs> do we, all right, God, I have these thoughts and these ideas. They're all good ideas. Mm. Is, this, is this the godly idea? Is this the godly path that you want me to be on. Mm. I'm going to invite you to this beforehand because I don't want to just use you to fix the negative consequences of this decision. Mm-hmm. Let's avoid that. I'm going to bring you on the front end mm-hmm. and move. I'm going to move trusting that you're powerful enough to affirm that we're going the right way. I'm going to move knowing that you're going to redirect me if I take two steps in the wrong direction mm. or 10 steps in the wrong direction. Mm. So, you know, there's a couple of things I thought of. And, and the first one was when I come up with my perfect plan is I'm trying to figure out if, if this was what we were talking about before we started or when we were on camera. Because I don't because we were having a whole conversation. before. Yeah, we yeah, right? this is uh, that was confused myself. Yeah, we, we'll whole, make it work. <laughs> so we were we were talking about if you had to write the script for your life story. Was that it was on this? Yeah, it was we, on this. OK, we good. had press record already. Or at least I hope we did. OK, okay hallelujah. OK, <laughs> so the reality is if I'm if I'm writing my life story is what you said. Right. I'm not writing anything negative into my life story because I'm not interested in all that. Not at all. So if I'm coming up with a plan, I'm asking myself, what is the perfect plan? Well, the reality is that the perfect plan of Christ is the one where the plan perfects me. Mm. So what I want, if I come up with the plan, is for me to get what I see as perfect results. So <laughs> I want to go make a million dollars and I go, how do I go make a million dollars? And I'll come up with five steps to make a million dollars and I go after the million dollars and I have the million dollars, but I don't have the character to hold it. Jesus says, 
if you gonna walk with me, the plan that I'm gonna take you on may still take you to the million dollars, but I have to m make sure that you have a million dollar character to handle that. And the only way that'll happen is that you understand that all of your value comes from me. So there is this, there's this thing where man, like it is his perfecting that gets me to the finish line. And I have to understand, I'm taking you back to Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So what I have to be willing to do is turn to God, aim, right? I'm going to acknowledge God in every part of my life. I'm going to invite him, take over, take charge. And then I actually have to begin to walk the journey. Faith without works is dead. So I have to do steps of faith in the direction that I believe that God is taking me in. And I need to understand that in that walk of faith, if I get it right, it's going to hurt sometimes. I'm going to struggle sometimes. I'm going to hit adversity sometimes. Consider it pure joy when you face trials because the testing of your face produces perseverance, right? Book of James, right? So if I, if I get to a, to a rough patch, if I'm doing it right, God is going to grow me in that moment. He's going he's gonna to show me my character, show me myself, show me himself and why I need to depend on him, right? And if I get it wrong, if I thought I heard God and I was sure I heard God, but I took five steps in the wrong direction, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. So God is still close by and there is mercy for me because maybe I deserved judgment that the Lord will not grant to me because of the blood of Jesus. And there is grace that comes that says, no, listen, I'm going to help, still help you get to the straight path. I'm going to make the crooked path straight because of my grace, because I love you, because I can. So when we're talking about God being omnipresent, he's not just omnipresent to be omnipresent. He's omnipresent for us. He's all places in general and all places for us. I'm for you. There's a, I think that somebody who's, who's watching today probably needs to hear that, that if you ever get it wrong, God is for you. He wants you to be for him. He wants you to be submitted to his will and his direction and his way. And we understand that. And we need to understand that at the end of the day, God is the lover of your soul. I, I think about the book of Jeremiah. He says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. So he was everywhere in all times. He's there for Jeremiah in the moment that he's giving Jeremiah the, the, the direction. You got to go over here and be my mouthpiece. I got something for you. But he was so, he's so everywhere as a God that he's there in the spirit form of Jeremiah, getting to know Jeremiah intimately. And by the way, the word that is used where it talks about knowing to, that he knew Jeremiah intimately is the word yada. The same word for submit to him in all your ways. It's the same word. Yep. So he, he is that kind of ever-present God, that he, he, he was present with you before you started. Right. He's present with you at the end point already, because he's a God who's in and out of time. Nothing catches him by surprise. He's been everywhere. And so I think that we just need to understand, again, you called it, we're finite. We're a moment in time. God's not. Right. And so why would we not trust the one who knows things so much better than us? I think we ought to come back one day and talk about the million dollar character mm. because I'm just going to share some idea recently. I was talking to my friend Alex um, after our, one of our leadership. I had taught our leadership classes at, 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 at New Life Church. Mm -hmm. And typically, usually after church, I, we don't nobody nobody leaves. Right. It's like I'm on my way home and I'm not on my way home. I'm in the parking lot talking to somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you're talking about this app. It's called, Life, I think it's Life 360. Okay. You talk, one of the pieces that I've taken for character was accountability. Mm -hmm. That some of the most important people to me know where I'm at at all times. Yes. At all times. A million percent. Like, and I mean physically, they can, all you got to do is turn this app mm -hmm. and they can see where I'm sitting and how long I've been there and what time I got there and what time I got home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because I remember, and I'm fully aware where the chinks in my armor Come on. used to be. I'm like, hmm. Let's not go back down this road. Mm -hmm. Let's just open this up because I don't trust myself because mm -hmm. it says right there that the heart is deceitful. Mm -hmm. Trust in my own heart is a mistake <laughs> and it's foolish mm -hmm. and it's unwise mm -hmm. and it's the exact opposite of what scripture says. It does not say trust myself. Mm -hmm. So I don't. 
the, all the people telling you to trust yourself are probably people I've removed from Facebook in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad I'm at sorry. you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I ain't mad at you. We were up here and I just brought it back. Right. Hey, hey. <laughs> Was it Michelle Obama? When they go high, we go low. Sometimes we still go low by accident. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Because I would have went low on purpose. Right. <laughs> I, we're laughing about it, but if you tell me to make a move that is the exact opposite of godly wisdom, mm -hmm. I'm not making the move. Right. I know how basic that sounds, but it's mm -hmm. sometimes we have to be careful what we literally let meditate in between these ears. That's it. And if I know it's contrary to scripture or if I know it's contrary to what God has spoken over my life, mm-mm. Mm -mm. No, no thanks. Well, and and there's no and there's been moments in my life, and I this is, it's it's scary to talk about real life faith journeys, right? Yeah. Because you know people are gonna judge you, or they're yes, they're they not are. gonna understand. Here's reality: if I sit in prayer and I hear the Lord, now don't get me wrong, the word says test the spirit by the spirit. So sometimes you can you can be praying and you could hear something. I know this sounds spooky, weird, but technically speaking, it could not be the the voice of God speaking to That's you. That's right. So you know, there's the understanding of that. But there has been certain moments in my life where I heard God and I heard God clearly over and over again. And he even <clears> gave me scripture for certain things. And I've known. And then I had, like you said, words spoken over me that mm -hmm. confirm these things. And what I have had to understand is that people don't actually understand how God moves. Because when you talk to people, people will say things like, well, God wouldn't do that. And I, ha I always have to say, Give me the scripture for that. Like, give me the, give me the proof. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. Because I see God do things that are unexpected all the time within his character. And so sometimes I have to say to myself, well, shoot. Would they have believed Abram if when Abram says, wasn't it Abraham that took his son to the altar so he, so he could be killed yeah. on the altar? Right. He's all, yeah. Okay. Um, so God would tell you to take the thing you love the most and put it up to die and trust him with it. So sometimes a person will say, well, here's the weird thing. This thing that I love so much, God told me put it on the altar. And people go, oh, God wouldn't say that. No, actually God would say that. Now that doesn't mean he is saying it right now because sometimes people just want to believe that like right. they want to just sacrifice something. So you got to know where you really stand yeah. in life, right? But sometimes God will tell you to sacrifice a thing. There's a lot of things God can tell you. Sometimes people say, there's even prophetic moments. So there's been a lot of prophetic moments. And I've, I've, I've been around people and people have said, I was, I was watching a service one day. I shouldn't talk about this stuff like in person, but I'd be, I'd be in my feelings. So I'm watching a service and, and this woman says, I went to church one Sunday morning and a, and a so-called man of God walked up to me and my family. And they started to prophesy over my sister. And she was saying all these things to my sister but she didn't that but the prophet didn't understand that all those words were really for me and if you really were a prophet you would have known that word was for me and i'm sitting there listening and i'm i'm online and i thought so you never read about samuel and jesse's house the reality is that the prophet is not god so the prophet is on assignment. <laughs> and so sometimes I'm only sharing that. Don't get me wrong. There are I'm false prophets. There are you. false teachers. There are saying. false everything. And you must be mindful and aware. And you I'm must take it. everything to Christ. Take everything through the spirit of God. I'm, so I want everybody to hear. I, let, let me look at you so you see my face. I'm not telling you not to do those things. What I'm saying is in your personal journey, make sure that you are truly discerning of what God is and is not doing. And sometimes God will send somebody to you with a confirming word and somebody sitting beside you will say, uh, that ain't the presentation God would have given. You don't know how God wants to present something to you because sometimes he's a still small whisper and sometimes he's a rumble and sometimes he shows up in a haze and sometimes he shows up in a fire. You don't know how God's showing up to you. Are you open to, uh, to the all, to trusting the, the Lord with all of who he is? Right. Because the Lord is many things, and we're really not ready for all the things that God is. 
I'm so I'm so old school that like if I'm in a room with you mm-hmm. and you get a prophetic word and I hear it and I think it resonates, I'm taking part of that too. But that's a whole other stuff. That's a whole other story. <laughs> like I'm I'm gonna receive that even though he's talking directly to him. I wouldn't even be mad. I'm right. like, give me this. <laughs> right. Well, remember what I said earlier? I said I said Jesus is sit, is right. standing in the room and Jairus walks yeah. up and he's and he says, Believe and do not doubt. I truly believe that in that moment he's also talking to her. He's talking to everybody in earshot. Don't we read the word so we can learn that the word of God changes people? So the word of God could change everybody. <laughs> this is we the rest of what I'm thinking. We're going to talk about this off air because I would I would also sit there to say I'm going to go to church expecting. Mm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go on this retreat expecting. I'm going to mm. come to this podcast recording expecting. expecting. I'm going to go with an expecting attitude for yes. God to move. Yes. And I believe that is going to, and sometimes expecting looks like that maybe I'm fasting a couple of days beforehand. Mm-hmm. That could be from food alone, other, whatever, whatever it's going to take. But um, typically I'm, when I'm fasting, I'm usually doing liquid fasting because I'm trying to just really, just let me get out any of the junk. Yeah. Let me just, yeah. I'm coming expecting you to Absolutely. move. Here, here's the deal. And, and somebody has to hear this. This is important. Like the devil really doesn't care about if you hear God. Adam and Eve heard God. What he's going to try to do is to distort your understanding of what God said as quickly as possible. So you don't live it out. That's it. So if you heard a true word from God, a person's words that they try to give you that all of a sudden causes automatic confusion is something that the enemy could do. Right. Right. And I've also had to learn that sometimes, too, when God shows up for me, it shows up in the silence, not in the word. That sometimes I've gone with a pl- with an air of expectation, and I'm like, I did, I ain't heard nothing that was for me. I've learned in my maturity that sometimes God teaches in silence. Mm-hmm. That sometimes it's what He doesn't say. Mm. That sometimes it's 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 the feeling that He's giving you that He's just got His arm around you if you would just slow down and pay attention. Sometimes we have this culture of just wanting the word or wanting the move or wanting the power, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. But do you want him in his presence as much as you want the prophetic? And I'm saying this as a prophetic man of yeah. God, right? Right. I'm <laughs> so with you. there's no negativity in None. it. None. But sometimes it's the silence too. I'm going to get to our let him know segment because I want to give you time to share anything you want to share. Mm-hmm. When we desire the presence more than anything else, mm-hmm. that's where all the blessings are going to be. That's it. It's not going to matter because the goal is his presence. That's it. And if I'm sitting in his presence and I'm seeking his presence, then everything else that rains down and trickles down from that, Mm -hmm. okay, there's Mm -hmm. the blessing. Mm -hmm. We seek his presence and everything else will come. That's it. That should be the priority is our our intimate relationship with God. Mm -hmm. One-on-one, corporately, we need to be seeking his presence above Mm -hmm. all else. That's it. Not the platform, not the microphone. As I told you before this. I had no desire to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't even like to talk about it anymore as I've said it so often. I, I'm, I don't want to downplay the call that yes. God has. Yes. This is just a testimony that I wasn't, I told God I wasn't even going to do this. Mm. But in his presence, he's like, you can't be serious mm. because you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Seek his presence above all else and mm-hmm. everything else will come. That's it. That's where the blessing is. That's a lot. That's where the breakthrough is. That's where, that's where everything you're looking for is. It's in his presence. That's it. Because it's not going to be on these stages Mm -hmm. and these lights with these cameras. Mm -hmm. Because if the power goes out, all this stuff's going to fade. Mm -hmm. When this world ends, all this stuff's going to fade. This video is not going to exist after that. Mm. It'll be gone. But his presence will be, his presence is eternal. That's it. We need to be seeking his presence more than anything else and above all else. Mm -hmm. Well, And that goes back to, we talked earlier about idols. And sometimes we are, our hearts are set on a moment. Come on. God, if I can just get to this moment, everything right. will be okay. But if the moment isn't completely saturated in, in a desire for him, then you're, then you're idolizing the moment itself, right? She went for the hem of his garment because it was his garment. <laughs> right. Not, she wasn't just going after any garment because, you know, she wanted Jesus' garment. Right. She wanted to reach out and touch Jesus. Yep. Are you trying to reach out and touch Jesus or are you trying to reach out and touch things of church? It's God's church. So the the church is a good thing. Go to the church. Go for the koinonia. Go for the fellowship. Go to be taught and to learn and to be edified and to grow. But understand that God is in all, he's all places. That's what we've been saying. And so, you know, I think that it's it's just worth saying it this way. Um, 
I, I'm just a, a really small story. I have really been seeking, like I've just been really feeling like I need like a male mentor, right? Like just like, like a man of God who's older, who can just some moments give me wisdom. And I have um, the leader of the ministry that I attend is a woman and you know, she's my spiritual mother. And she, honestly, she would have just been like clapping and applauding for what we were just talking about because she always says, uh, seek, his, seek his presence, not his purpose, right? Mm. In other words, when you get in his presence, the purpose will come. But if you just go after your purpose, you'll miss his presence, right? Bam. So right. she's always giving wisdom and, and giving and giving me, but I've been feeling like God, like, I need a man, right? Like in this area of my life. And and one of the reasons is is because I've been thinking, God, I want to know you as a father. But the father figures that I had in my life growing up taught me everything not to have as a father. God, would you just, would you just? And I just kept praying for it and looking 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 for it. And looking for it and looking. I got brothers, but where's a father figure? And one day I'm sitting in a room and my son walks up to me and he, he does something he's not supposed to do. And I correct him and he looks at me and he's afraid. And I say, hey, I love you. It's okay, just don't do that no more. And he goes, I love you too, daddy. He's two years old and he walks away. And I'm sitting there in silence and he said, who made you think you needed anything other than me to become a man? And in this moment, I had this understanding, if I have God, I have everything I need. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean he's not going to give me people. Right. <laughs> that doesn't mean that he, at some other season of my life, won't align me with some other things that maybe I'm yearning for or seeking after. But it's also the proof in that moment that God is God all by himself. Stop idolizing the people that you think will bring you God and just look for God. And I think that, that sometimes that's necessary. And everything else will come. That's it. Brother, thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate thank it. We got to do almost, this again. I almost fell. Now what? Now what? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call him out right now because we had this whole talk about how we weren't gonna touch this table during the interview because the table was a little shaky. And so he started leaning on the table, and I was like, "Now you look all cool leaning on the table, but if I lean on the table, the table might tip." So, so here's what you didn't see when we started. I slowly took my right foot and it's been holding the table steady this entire time. <laughs> That's why. That's the only reason all this stuff hasn't fallen off this table. <laughs> That's the was, reason why I've been sitting like this and I've been trying to like, angle. I have not sat still this whole time. I was like, this dude has been leaning on the table the whole time. What's going to happen when I lean on the table? Nothing, the whole interview. Because half of my weight is keeping this table from toppling over and embarrassing us publicly. <laughs> That brings us to the Let Him Know segment of the Rooted in Christ podcast because this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm, I'm sitting perfect. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I see it now. That's, yeah, that's yeah. beauty. That's beautiful. The camera can't see it, but it's, it's there. That's why we haven't. That's why we're not getting embarrassed all over the internet right now. This is the final segment of the show where you can tell them whatever you want to share. Just, my brother, please let them know. Yeah, so if you are looking to find me, you can find me really all over the internet. Uh, MauriceFMartin.com. You can find me, um, MauriceFMartin, on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I do have a podcast. It's called Hope Rising. Uh, we actually start season two uh, in November. So you want to come out. You want to find that. You want to catch it. Um, and, you know, you know, the big thing for me is just um, I'm looking right now to just try to start taking this on the road more. And I've been just praying so much about it. So um, maybe you're hearing the, hearing me talk, you're hearing the message and you're thinking, man, uh, my church needs this or somebody else that I know needs this. Um, if you go to actually I have a book uh, that came out um, in January. It's called Your Butt is Too Big. That's one T. Your butt is too big. And it's all about how sometimes we find ourselves saying, but God, you don't understand. But God, I, I'm not capable. But God. And, and that's also something that a lot of the biblical folk did. And if you understand that um, that your but God is much smaller than but God, that that God can do all things in your life if you trust Him. And so, um, if you go to yourbuttistoobig.com, uh, you can see see some of my courses and workshops, and also you can purchase my book. So that's how you can find me. Come look for me, uh, and just God bless you guys. I appreciate all you guys watching today. Brother, you want to pray us out. Thank you for that. We're going to share all your links. So we're going to um, make sure the audience, anybody wants to get a hold of you, they'll be able to do that. So sure. Father God, I thank you for just um, just bringing me and my brother together. This is one of those things that we can't take credit for, that we couldn't really even make sense of, that we were in rooms together never speaking. And yet now when we're finally speaking, well, really in the end, it's barely us speaking now even then, because now your spirit is guiding 
all of these conversations. And so my prayer is for Eric today. My, my prayer is for his ministry, that it continues to grow, that it continues to be nourished, that there would be the type of organic growth where it's never too fast, but it's always ever growing, ever changing, ever evolving with your image, with your likeness, with your character. And then, God, I pray for every person who's listening today and who's watching today that not only did they receive already revelation from you, but some of them will sit and, and do like it says in Matthew 7 and 7, that they would, that they would, that they would seek you and find you, ask for you, and that they would receive answers from you, that, that they would knock on your door and the door would be opened and that your spirit and your presence would come in and change them in the way that they need it most. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, I just thank you for my brother, Lord. Lord, I just pray you just continue to expand his territory. Mm. I pray you make it clear to us um, how you want us to continue just to, to work together in the kingdom for your honor, your glory, not for ours, Lord. So I pray you just use each one of us in a mighty way. But Lord, I lifted my brother to you now. Lord, I pray traveling mercies over him as he gets ready to, to head out. Lord, I pray that you just continue to just Bring him the opportunities that you have for him, Lord. I thank you for the divine appointments that you're about to bring his way, yes, the, the mentors you're going to bring his way, the brothers in Christ that you're about to bring his way. And I thank you that you're just going to continue to just box him in, Lord. Thank you for everything you're doing in him and through him now. I thank you he's more than a conqueror, that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him, that he who was in my brother Maurice is, 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 is greater than he who was in the world, Father. So I thank you for all these things now. In Jesus' name we Jesus pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother, thank you so much. Thank you. We got to get you back on here. I love it. And Hope City, thank you for letting me commandeer this space. I appreciate it. We love you all too. Matter of fact, I think we're going to love like crazy is what y'all say here. <laughs> we out. We'll see you.